John chapter 13. Let's pray, and then we'll go to verse 34. <clears throat> oh, Father, we're delighted to be here today. Oh, God, Chris is right. What a, what a joyful time to be in the house of the Lord, to remember your broken body and shed blood for our sins. And Father, I pray that we would be able to celebrate our Lord's death and really to celebrate his love for us, Father. And that, that that love would be in us also toward each other in our gathering. And Father, as brethren and children of God, oh Lord, I pray that it would be so. And if it's not, I pray it would be so. Father, we ask for your forgiveness for our sins. And Father, even as the Lord Jesus here washed the disciples' feet, here after they ate the Passover and Father teaching us by his example that what we should do for one another. <clears throat> Father, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, give us understanding and Father, I pray that you would conform us more and more to thine image with each passing day and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, the Lord Jesus had just eaten the Passover with his apostles he had washed the disciples feet and then after that Judas got up and received that sop after he dipped in the plate with the Lord and he went out and the other disciples didn't know where he went they thought maybe he went to buy some things that they had need of <clears throat> because Judas was the one that kept the bag the bag with the money and then Jesus taught his disciples, and it's, all, it's interesting to me that Judas wasn't there when he taught them this. And he taught them this new commandment, and you can see it there. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Now that's, that's a tall order, but now it gets really high. As I have loved you that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. By this, those two words I've thought about. What do outsiders know and see in us when they come in? People that have never been here, when they come into our gathering, what do they see in us? Do they see this love that we have one to another? I pray that they do. Jesus said, if you love as I have loved you, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. That, that ought to, this ought to be one of our greatest desires. It ought to really be conspicuous in children of God. Listen, where this love is absent and it's not there, something is terribly wrong between brethren. If brethren are fighting and fighting and devouring one another, if there's malicious, if there's the absence of this love of Christ between us, then something is very wrong. We should always desire this. We should always pursue this and that it would be formed in our hearts between each other. 
the apostles, I don't believe, would fully understand his words specifically, as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you until Jesus had already suffered and died on the cross. I don't think they would fully understand that. And the question for me, and I ask myself, and I pray that you ask yourself, do you understand these words? Do you desire to understand these words? Do, do you desire to know what it is like to love someone else as Christ loved you? And that begs the question, how did he love me? How did he love me? Well, he loved me with a great love. Listen, we should absolutely desire this love. In Romans 5, 5, the scripture tells us that this love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So he gives us this love. You can read his high priestly prayer in John 17. There's so many places to go, which we will not go to every place. But this love should be in us. It should, it should make us stand out and above all those that are in the world because this is an otherworldly love. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. And that those words, what manner, means where is this love from? And listen, it's hard to put your finger on it except you put your hands and your eyes and your heart in the word of God, beloved, to understand this love. And so I pray that you would do that. Listen, in the death of Christ, we see the greatest demonstration of the love of Christ, the love of God in the death of Christ and the sufferings of Christ for fallen sinners, for fallen humanity toward his enemies. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. And that ought to speak to us in that, and of course I'm talking about sinners here, but beloved sinners should see our love toward them like that. We should mirror God. If the love of Christ is in us, should it not be toward Sinners as it was toward us, of course. God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And beloved, it, it should no doubt be in us. Who would reject this love? You have to ask yourself, who would reject this great love? And yet people do all the time. You tell them that Christ died for sinners. You tell them that they qualify if they're a sinner. Turn from your sins to Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, what wondrous love is this? Christ commanded us as brethren to love each other in the same way that Christ loved and if you're in Christ, still loves you. Still loves you. And again, how does that look? How does it look? How am I to love you, my brothers and sisters in Christ? How is that to look if I am to love you as Christ loved me? The Lord Jesus answered this question and he repeated this command. Look at John 15 and verse 9. Look there, John 15 and 9. My heart's desire this morning is that you have come with desire to this Lord's Supper, but also that you would desire to enter into this love, that you would want to know this love, which is beyond all understanding, to know that which Paul says in Philippians or Ephesians is unknowable, 
it, it's kind of a, it's a conundrum in our minds. But beloved, we ought to want to know this. And after that, he says, God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I think that points back to knowing that love. And beloved, if we know that love and the love of Christ is in us, it's been shed abroad in our hearts. It should be shed abroad toward each other in our assemblies and our assembly rather. And, and that's how we should come to the Lord's Supper. There should not be one little fracture between us. There shouldn't be anything between any of us or anybody else. We should come with a harmony, with a love for Christ. And if that love for Christ is in us, then we ought to have that fervent love for each other. And listen... I'll just use me for an example. I'm probably the hardest one to love. I mean, you might say, well, that person's hard to love. Well, that's why God put them in your life. So that you could exercise that first fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Which is love. And listen, that's not a toleration love. Listen, if the love of Christ is in you, God will teach you how to love that person with a real and actual agape love. And so, beloved, I pray that that would be in you. 15.9 of John, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment. And he repeats what he said in verse 34 of chapter 13, that you love one another as I have loved you. If, if I would have a desire for today is that you would think about those words, as I have loved you. And then those two words, by this. I love to take little phrases, and God speaks to me in little phrases like that. By this, by what? By that love shall everyone know that you're my disciple, that you're a follower of Christ. Then he says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Listen, not only did the Lord Jesus lay down his life in the greatest way when he suffered and died on the cross, but he devoted and gave his life in every way, in his life, in his ministry. There was never a bad time to come to the Lord. You remember they went aside and he took his disciples apart when they had gone out and they preached through all the, city of, uh, the cities of Israel. And he took them aside and they were going to talk about what they experienced and the people followed him there. And Jesus received them. There was never a time when he didn't receive one that came to him. He gave his time. He lost sleep. He wearied himself, giving everything that he had in his earthly life for the good of his people, for the good of those that followed him, those multitudes who followed him, whom he looked upon and had compassion upon. Beloved, you see that love of God embodied in the life of the Son of God. Beloved, and that, I realize in a much smaller sense, it should be in us. We could never love like Christ loved, but here he tells us to love as I have loved you because I'm not the son of God. I'm not perfect in every way as he was. And yet his perfect love is in me. And it's in you if you're a Christian. And so it should be seen in our lives one toward another. 
But now, again, he's calling each of us as his children to do, the, to do just that, to love as he loved. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Listen, the Lord's Supper, which we came to this morning, is a celebration of the Lord Jesus Christ's love, his great love in saving us from our sins. That same love, again, should be present in your spirit. Listen, I'm not saying that you're not going to struggle at times with those things, but it should always be your desire. Let me show you something. First uh, Thessalonians 4 and verse 9. We'll look at a few passages, and then we'll take the supper. First Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul speaking to the church at Thessalonica. He says here, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you. For ye yourselves are, and this is what we need. And listen, if you struggle with this, look right here. You yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren, which are in all of Macedonia. And we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. In other words, that that love would abound in you. Listen, we should never be satisfied that we love enough. We, I, I want more of that. And I know in my own life that I am wanting, I need it, oh God. Look at 2 Thessalonians 1.3. Paul again speaking to the same church. The church at Thessalonica was called a model church or is called a model church to many that have commented on it. But notice verse 3, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet or right or fit, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity or the agape love of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. It grows. And so what a testimony the church at Thessalonica had. And then first Peter chapter one and verse twenty two. First Peter chapter one and verse twenty two. Peter writes here, he says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, genuine, real, the actual love of God in you toward the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Fervently. Remember that word from the other day. 1 John 2, 9. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 9. This love between us, brother, brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ, it should be very conspicuous in us. We should desire it to be conspicuous in us. 1 John 2, 9. I love John. He's, he's not one that minces words. He basically tells you like it is. If you lie to him, he's going to say, you're a liar, straight out. He doesn't dance around the issue. Here he says, he that saith, and John uses that term a lot. If we say, or if he says, he talks about things that we say, and then he wants to talk about what you actually are. He says here, he that saith he is in the light, that is spiritual light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. Listen, if that exists in you and you're a child of God, that's a problem. And 
that's got to be dealt with by you and in you. So many things in the Word of God, when you read the Word of God, beloved, it's, it's, it's God speaking to you. You should always think that when you open the Word of God, when you come to the ministry of the Word, that Word's for you. And you need to take it like that. You need to be swift to hear it, ready to hear it. He says, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and he walks in darkness. In other words, that's he's walking in darkness. That's where he is in his life, and he knows not where he's going because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. That's a big blind spot. I mean, listen, that, that ought to... Listen, things like this ought to alarm us, and we ought to have enough introspection to know that if, if, if I say in my heart that I hate that brother, John says, you're in darkness. I don't care what you believe. I don't care if you got a good profession of faith. I don't care if you know all of the doctrines of the faith. You hate your brother, John says you're in darkness. And, I mean, listen, that, that's, we need to think about things like that. Look at chapter 3 and verse 11, same book. John continues with this theme throughout his book. He says, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. He bring, always brings that in. For this is the message that ye have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, his actual blood brother, and wherefore or why did he slay him? Because his own works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life. And this is, I've always loved this. He doesn't go to the gospel. He says, we know we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive, or hereby know we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's like a little mini exposition of John 13, 34. But whoso hath this world's good, John gives an example, and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him how dwelleth the love of God in him my little children let us not love in word neither in tongue but in deed and in truth go out there and love like I loved you chapter 4 and verse 7 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7 beloved let us love one another let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Very simple to understand. But listen, if you're not walking with God, if you're not ready to hear the word of God and be taught by God from his word, then this may be difficult for you. Verse 8, he says, He that loveth not, that is his brother, knoweth not God, for God is love. 
In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And then verses 20 and 21, and we'll look at one more. Verse 20 of chapter 4, If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. Well, John likes to pull that guitar string, doesn't he? Well, you know what? It, if John wrote it this many times, God knows that we needed to hear it that many times. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. And then into chapter 5, first two verses, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that is born of God or begotten loveth him also that is begotten of him. And you think about that because the same love is in each of you. If it's the same love of Christ in every one of us, beloved, shouldn't we all have this love one for another? Shouldn't we all want to give ourselves for each other? Shouldn't that love of Christ be in all of us? It should be. And so where are you in loving me and loving your brother and sister in Christ as Christ hath loved you? By this shall all men know that you are my followers. Listen, I want that more than anything else for you and the Lord is that God would receive the honor and glory when he would see you and he'd say, and people would, when, when they would see you or God would see you as well and say, wow, they, they're, they're following my command. And when people come in him, shall all others know that you are my disciples, you're my followers. Not that you can back someone against the wall and, and awe them with your doctrine. No, beloved, but that you can receive them in the love of Christ. You can meet them just where they're at. Especially a brother or sister of Christ may not be able to see things exactly like you see them, may not understand what you or I see, but you'll love them. You love that brother or sister in Christ. Beloved, that's that's Christianity. That's the Christianity that I want. That you can look through your eyes with the love and compassion that Christ looked through his eyes at those multitudes that followed him, those that he had compassion on. When we celebrate his death, that's the culmination of his love for us in that he gave himself for us, brethren. Listen, anyone that comes into our gathering should know this of us. I pray that they do. I believe that it is here. Not trying to boast or anything, but listen, if it's here, it's not because of me, it's because of Christ and that he shed abroad in your hearts that love. And what a, what a beautiful thing to behold the beauty of the Lord. You know, you think about how do you behold the beauty of the Lord? I'll tell you how. By watching the love of Christ come forth from one of God's dear children. You see the beauty of the Lord. You see it come forth. To behold the beauty, the beauty of the Lord. In Psalm 27, 
4 says that. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that may I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You are the house of the Lord. And that, beloved, that love would come forth from you and I. Beloved, we celebrate that love right now, his broken body and shed blood. If God so loved us, we ought to also love each other, beloved. And I pray that that would be the case for us. And so, 1 Corinthians 11, and we'll, we'll prepare to take the Lord's Supper. Scripture here. Paul in verse 23 says, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And if I could say, you do show the Lord's love, his great love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting and so, beloved, I pray that you come to the Lord's table today with joy, with a desire, and desiring to have more and more of this love that he gives us in the salvation of our souls. He says this in his high priestly prayer. He talks about this even in John 14, that my love might be in them. Beloved, it ought to be in us. If it's absent, that's bad. And so I pray that God would help you and that he would immerse you in that great love now as we remember his death for our sins. And so ask Brother Gary to come and, and take the crackers up. And I'll turn this off.